0: Listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi, you're listening to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Aria from Vet and Pet Direct, and I'm joined by our resident vet and collector of dogs after storms, <laughs> uh, Dr. Glenn. Hello.
1: Yes, it's got a love storm season. Yes. Yeah. I think 21 in a day in my little practice is their record.
0: You don't even have that many. No,
1: I didn't have that many cage space. No. 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 A lot of them went home quickly because they had microchips and stuff. Yes. Which is good.
0: So we will say, get your puppy microchipped if they're not already. And if your microchip details aren't up to date, make that
1: happen. It's very unhelpful if they're not up to date. Yes. Yes.
0: But it's very helpful if they are. Absolutely. Makes life better for everybody. Yep. Um, everybody gets home and and happy.
1: Yeah, but hopefully we can help you so your dog isn't running around getting potentially run over in storms. Yes,
0: yes. that's what we're here to do. Yep. So storm phobias, um, other than the obvious reason that they're kind of scary, like I feel like I should have like organ music and like <laughs> a torch and maybe like be dressed like Dracula and, yep. um, so other than like Halloween-themed reasons, <laughs> why why do dogs get afraid of storms?
1: I assume it's just the light – I mean, the thunder in the first place, you know, really loud thunder is quite scary and it's a very sudden in, massive input to dogs' auditory system I think they really don't like and um, – there's other things that go on with storms, like lots of wind sometimes and crashing rain and hailstorms. We had a big hailstorm go through my um, practices area not long ago, and had a lot more dogs with storm phobias after that mm. because of the sound of elephants running across the roof. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's a fair bit about storms that that potentially is um actually scary. Yeah. Um. And I think people behaving scared in storms um, doesn't help the dog to be any less afraid of storms yeah. either. Um, and it's, it's a really common phobia. Like, oh, I don't know what percentage of dogs have storm phobias, but it seems to be like about half of my patients, um, by the time they get to like five or six years of age, um, seem to at least not like storms. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily diagnose them with storm phobias, yeah. um, but but they don't like storms. Um, and in a multi-dog household, um, it seems to be that certainly the old dog can teach the young dog new tricks sometimes, yes. unfortunately. And, and if the old dog's um, running around puffing and panting and, and shaking like a leaf because there's a storm coming, the young dog can learn that behaviour of, okay, there must be something to worry about. Um, And I think that accelerates um, storm anxiety in some dogs' lives.
0: Oh, and I think with owners it can be like a perpetuating cycle too. Absolutely. Like the dog freaked out last time there was a storm and the owner sees that there's a storm coming. So then the owner freaks out that the dog's going to freak out and then the dog freaks out because the owner's freaking out. Everyone's uptight. I had a neighbour whose little dog used to end up at my house every time it stormed. And she was like that. She would worry because she was worried that the dog was gonna yeah. worry. Yeah, she was aware of it, but it just happens. Yeah. You know, it's part of human nature. Yeah. It's,
1: it's certainly not having a calming effect. No. No.
0: Um, and dogs are really, like you said, they're very sensitive. Like their hearing's insanely good, right? Yep. How good is it?
1: All their senses are really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they can hear thunder of the rolling storm probably a couple of hundred kilometres further away than what we can hear it probably. Wow. Um, But, I mean, they definitely become in tune with the different environmental conditions that are happening um, as far as um, drop-in barometric pressure, um, you know, if the weather is going to have a storm at six o'clock tonight. Some dogs will clue into that at seven o'clock in the morning and start pacing the yard and puffing and panting and shaking and doing all the anxiety um, symptoms when there isn't a storm anywhere in Australia. Yeah. Um, If you look at the lightning tracker, like there's no storms, but the the atmospheric conditions are primed for a storm, um, the dogs will start worrying about it. Yeah. Anticipation of something terrible happening.
0: The barometric pressure, in case anyone doesn't know, is when you see the weather guy on the, the news and he has the L and the, the H, <laughs> that's what that is in the circles. Yeah. So the low, storms come in low-pressure systems generally, yeah. so um, the dogs can pick up on that and yeah. then…
1: Cold fronts coming through and all that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. They, they, they know what's going on.
0: They're little meteorologists. Yeah. And they also have a very good sense of smell. Yes. So they can smell the rain coming. Yeah. Um, that is called petrichor, that smell. Did you know that? I did not. There you go. It's yep. called petrichor. Um, it's a combination of plant um, hormones and bacteria. And also when lightning strikes, it, like, splits um, nitrogen yep. and oxygen molecules. Ionises no and yeah. all that's yep. So they can smell all that.
1: Yep. So. so they, they know it's happening. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, yes, they're good little meteorologists unless they get anxious. Yes. Um, so what does an anxious dog in a storm look like?
1: Um. Everywhere from just not being able to settle quite as easily as what they normally do um, through to escalating behaviours of um, uh, certainly shaking and muscle tremors, um, panting anxiously, not being able to settle, um, through to walking around and pacing around the house, trotting around the house, running around the house. Um, I've had pets rip off screen doors of houses, go through gyprock walls. I had one unfortunate um, patient who jumped into the front of a Hilux four-wheel drive um, through the open window. It was locked in the garage um, and jumped in through the open window um, and the car was about a month old um, and the insurance company wrote it off because it trashed the seats, pulled off the dashboard, pulled pulled the lining out of the roof, chewed apart the steering wheel. Just, you know, poor dog was yeah doing as anxious dogs do and become self destructive sometimes yeah. um and yeah trash the car
0: oh my um, goodness so
1: it's you know and you know I see lots of dogs with damage to their mouths um from you know chewing inappropriate steel things and all sorts of things um and like you know can try and scratch their way out of dig their way out of concrete floors and and rip off toenails and all that sort of thing. Holy-doly. So, yeah, it can get very self-destructive, unfortunately. They're just trying to get away from stuff and and do weird things. They're just not in control of their faculties. I mean, many dogs go missing in storms. Like, they just, you know, run away from the situation. Um, And one dog used to rip the back door off their next-door neighbour so they didn't try and break into their own house. They tried to break into Mm. the next neighbour's house and, like... Destroyed three screen doors. That oh the no. Owners had replaced, replace, but obviously the dog had major trouble um, yes. coping with that, which isn't much fun.
0: So early intervention, if possible, Absolutely. is good. Yeah. Before you've got a dog who's yes. doing a lot of screen door damage. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I mean, the the less of the symptoms. Potentially, the lesser interventions you need to do, and obviously the happier the pet if we don't escalate it that far. But I mean, yeah. things can escalate quite quickly sometimes.
0: Yeah. yeah, and like you say, like especially if a big storm comes through, yeah. Um, then yeah, there's, and then the, I guess it's a tricky thing with storm phobias is it's it's difficult to predict, difficult
1: to predict, and, d- to predict and um, like some storm seasons depending on where you live um, in the world. Um, like one-off storms are certainly a problem, but then if you've got like storm season like sometimes you've got five storm like five days of storms mm-hmm. and the reaction that the pet has um is significantly worse on day four and five than it was on day one um for the same stimuli sort of thing yeah. like the storm can be a considerable distance away but that the pet like their anxiety levels have just escalated in that short time frame um yeah to, to a large extent yeah um, which makes it a problem yes
0: um so it like with consecutive storms, is there anxiety? Just Do you think it just builds with think, each one? I think
1: the triggers just build up basically and they yeah. haven't fully recovered sometimes from the previous um, episode and, you know, chemically what's going on in their brain if they, you know, used up all the... Particular neurotransmitters yeah. available to try and settle them down and, and just got into this spiraling pathway of, of increased anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, what are the early signs to look out for?
1: I mean, really, it's just that um, not being able to relax. I mean, most pets are just happy, you know, chilling most of the time. I mean, yes, they run around and exercise, but they're happy just chilling um, for most of the time. But if they um, can't settle, that, that yeah, you know, early puffing, open mouth breathing, um, just just being worried, basically. Yeah. And that's the way it presents initially and that's what anxiety is, you know, worry to an escalating more um you know, self destructive level sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it, those early symptoms of um I mean certainly being reactive, like straight after a, a loud noise obviously, but it's just that, um yeah, being hyper vigilant, less able to relax, um, being more on edge, um and, and it seems to take less to trigger them into that um something's happening something's there to be afraid of style behaviors yeah yeah
0: yeah we do have another podcast about um dog anxiety um and cover all different types um so check that out if you think there's more than just the storm stuff going on there's some more information on that that episode um so what um what can people do about storm phobia in their dogs um like what sort of treatment and controls are there yep
1: so i mean lots of different options and to some extent how many of them you need to implement um depends on the severity of the problem that's already there yeah um definitely i would strongly recommend at the first sign of any anxiety um style expressions um to storms um the earlier you intervene, the, the less you need to do and the more effective that those interventions are. So, yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as if your pet has got um, very mild symptoms and you probably still should still do it as part of the treatment protocol for um, dogs with severe storm anxiety. Yeah. Um, I mean, just starting with controlling their environment. I mean, mm-hmm. if they've already got an opinion about something you don't want to um Flood them with that, um, that stimulus. So if there's, you know, if it's the middle of a thunderstorm, you don't just lock them outside um, and let them yes. to their own devices and think they're going to get over it. I mean, bring them into a um, controlled, safe environment. And if they're, you know, an inside pet already, um, that is probably going to be their, um, their crate or their, you know, den, their hangout area. Yeah. Um, and you could make that more den-like with, you know, blankets over their um, crate or that area to to deaden the sound because I mean, sounds part of it. Yes. Um, but it's not the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, because they
0: know if all the other stuff going on. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and it's not just sound. I mean, look, if, if lightning strikes close enough, I mean air moves and the ground shakes and the house rattles and everything else. So I mean you can't deaden that sound completely but but deadening that sound can help. Um some people talk about in long eared dogs actually like stuffing stuff in their ears and you, can get, like little little, ear you, you plugs. can get little ear wraps um that keep their ears down and that's more likely to be successful in those sort of dogs. But again, I mean you can sort of feel storms, yeah. and not just hear them. So I mean anything
0: like, they can like that smell can help. Them.
1: Yeah. So I mean, all all those things help, um, but really controlling their environment and I mean, some background noise that's that's pleasant to them um, can help. I mean, um, heavy metal music might drown out storms, but maybe it's not the most <laughs> most calming music. But um, unless
0: your dog's into that, unless We're your dog's into that, them. unless
1: you're into that, um, <laughs> but you know, some background noise might be able to help to deaden things. But again, like if there's a lightning strike 100 meters away, no amount of background noise is going to help with that. But yeah. but it's all you know, little things that can build up to help yes. um, and then you know, further control their environment and part of the, the treatment side of things I mean there are dog appeasing pheromones um, that can help to make them um, feel happier with their environment so yeah. there's products like Adaptil um, which yes. is either a collar or a spray um, or a little diffuser that you plug into a powerpoint um, that you can um, have that pheromone around the pet that subconsciously they um, are less anxious and, and feel happier in their environment yeah. um, so so again, for me, it's it, it depends on how bad it is in the first place. If you've got a pet that's, if you score it out of 100, 100 is the worst, most anxious dog for storms you can have. The, the it, Hilux it, yeah. kind of yeah, dog? Yeah, the Hilux. On it. If, if your pet's are 80 or 90, well, maybe the pheromones might help, you know, 10%. Yeah, If your pet's only just starting to react to storms um, and you've cleared in early because you've had a pet that's had these troubles before or you, you just listened to a podcast or something, um, that has made you aware of the, the early symptoms. Well, if you do a pheromone collar and your pet's only at you know, 15% anxiety level, well, the pheromones still can do the 10% sort of thing. So it yep. might be only the pheromones plus um, behavioral um, modification yep. as in control the environment. That might be enough to help. Yep. You can certainly train and counter condition um, pets to like storms more, potentially, um, particularly early on by making it, having a storm party, you know, make, make it a happy thing. Like, I get lots of my favourite foods. I get to play fun games when storms are on. Um, I have got patients um, whose owners take them outside and play fetchy games and that sort of thing yep. <laughs> um, when storms are coming. Obviously, be mindful of the, light the lightning. The lightning, If that's the
0: case. I, I am a massive weather nerd yeah like uh, i'm studying environmental science so you know knowing what's happening with the weather and the climate is part of that um but when it's still i love to watch it and um so i will and i've done this for a long time i'll be outside looking at the clouds and and i'll have like all the different radars up but because i'm outside my dog will be like oh cool it's fetch time so i've never had a dog that's storm phobic because of that however um I should probably go inside more often.
1: <laughs> yes, don't, don't, don't <laughs> wait. Don't wait until the close by lightning strike sends you inside. Yes, it's, yeah. it's it yeah. is best to go inside before that. Yes, um, but you know, making. Um, trying to make the storm a happier thing because if your pet is developing um, opinions that storms aren't a good thing the more things you can do i mean mostly through food (laughs) based rewards but i mean toys and and fetching and that sort of thing if you've got those sort of um, games and behavior your dogs can do if you're doing any nose work certainly like um, just um, making them concentrate on you know sniffing out nose work and and, and if they're already trained in that and know what that's all about I mean that can certainly help
0: and it just takes um, their mind off it too I guess yeah. they're not and, thinking about it and you're not thinking about yeah, it too. That's right.
1: um, and again it's not that on its own isn't going to control an 80 or 90 percent dog but if you've got a you know 15 20 percent dog or a 30 percent dog it can all help
0: and um, the, the people who you know the, the 80 or 90 percent dogs that sounds like a, a dog that you know, and, and a, well, a dog and owner pair that really need some help from yep. their vet and from a trainer anyway. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Um, and, and all those things are still probably going to be beneficial. Yes. Um, but, you know, if your dog not responding to verbal stimuli or is ignoring you completely and they're just in a manic state, I mean, there's no point trying to train them to do anything. And, and I mean, some dogs, if that worked up, you know, you can have the tastiest treat reward in front of them and they're not going to eat it anyway. Yep. Like they're. Worried about their life, yeah um, so it you know all those things can help, and you know starting those things earlier and and being part of the integrated um, interventions you know all, all those things help, yeah, 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 but you know um, there's definitely ways you can um, counter condition them to be less afraid of the things they're afraid of by making good things happen while those things are happening, yeah yeah, definitely yeah. there's never any um place for punishment in. Dog training in general, but yeah. that's certainly making them feel worse about storms by telling them to shut up or um, completely ignoring them or tossing them outside. I mean, that's not going to
0: yeah, it's just uh, going it to make their
1: anxiety levels any less. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah it's yeah. Um, when one of the customer service vet nurses at Vet and Pet um has a dog, a Doberman, who is quite storm phobic, and anytime it's going to storm, she races home to put the dog in the house. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Get some things sorted for her so that she doesn't run away yeah. and freak out and get yeah, outside. Absolutely. So, um, but um, we are very lucky to have a workplace where um, where <laughs> people understand that sometimes yeah. you have just got to go home and put the dog away before yeah. a storm. No, absolutely, and I mean, not everyone and, has that luxury. Yeah. And
1: all those things, you know, if you can do them, yeah, you know, they certainly make a difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, there is also the um, like the. Compression shirts, dogs. are literally called thunder shirts yep. because of that. This is what they were used for, That's right? right?
1: And, and they're useful for you know, all sorts of anxiety situations. But um, I mean, it's something you can put it on. It has an immediate response in most pets. And again, it's not super profound all the time. Um, I normally say about 70% of patients I see significant improvement wow. um, from the thunder shirt, So um, it's definitely something you can put on. Um, the good part of it is, you know, they're lightweight. You can put them on even if it's in a summer situation like they're not designed to try and keep them warm they're just physically giving them a low level of body compression around the neck and the chest and around their trunk like their rib cage basically Um, and it's increasing the release of serotonin in the brain um, so it is having a a physiological response I mean you sort of talk about it like it's giving them a hug and making them feel safer um, which it is but it is actually having an an actual effect um, as such like people um, sometimes we use weighted blankets for anxiety conditions and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and it's a similar principle, like just that compression. Um, yeah, it does have a physiological response and you can put it on in the morning on a storm day um, when you're not there. So it's one of the things that you can do, you know, passively by, by not being there. Yes. Um, and yep. you know, if it's, if you get home and there's a storm coming, we can put it on and, and, you know, I've got a crazy old dog who's got multiple anxiety issues, and storm anxiety is one of her issues. Um, but when you put that storm shirt on, I mean, a lot of the time you'll see just a relaxation. Um, and again, it's not, you know, profound necessarily, but if they can stop trotting around the house and being anxious and huffing and puffing and just are happy to sit in one spot more yeah. and it de escalates things a little bit, it's certainly beneficial. And, yeah. it, and it's not, um, you know, it's not a pharmacological intervention.
0: Yeah. Um, the the um, adaptable products are good for this too. Yep. Because, um, again, it's another thing you can do while you're not there. Absolutely. Um, like the diffusers you can plug in. Yep. And you said you can even spray the adaptable spray on their undershirt. Yes,
1: the undersh- undershirt's got a little patch um, on it that absorbs sprays. Cool. Um, so you can put that on there um, and obviously it's close to them and that's the same um, the same thing as the collar. Like the coal is obviously close to them as well. Yep. The diffusers, I think they do... 60 to 70 square meters um, from memory. So it's like a larger room. So yep. if your dog's got the run of the whole house, um, you would need multiple diffusers to do the whole house. If you, if you've got confinement to a single area, the diffuser makes sense in that case. Yeah. Um, by the same token, the um, the collars probably make sense because the collar's always next to where the yeah. dog is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's you know there's various options to deliver that that mode there.
0: Yeah. What other um Like over-the-counter supplements and products are there that that can help.
1: Yep. Um, So, supplement-wise, specifically Zilkeen is designed um, and used for mild to moderate anxiety cases. Um, so the treatment of mild to moderate anxiety, it's a um, little capsule, it's a hydrolyzed casein or milk protein. Um, so it's just a dietary supplement. Um, it takes a couple of days to build up in the system to have effect. Mm-hmm. So um, if your pet was using it during storm season, I mean, you could use it, they, they say a couple, two to three days before be anticipated, anxious, um, event, yeah. Um, so that might be for the full storm season, probably. Yeah. Um, or uh, you can start it a couple of days before you know a round of storms are coming through if that's been forecast. But I mean, probably makes sense to keep them on it during storms. During storm- exactly. State. Um, but it um reduces reduces um, feelings of anxiety by um, affecting the GABA pathways in the brain, which is one of the neurotransmitters, <laughs> basically. Um, so, again, it does have a, a definite physiological response. Um, and, um, yeah, mild cases, I see, you know, if that's the only intervention you do, we see results from that. But, again, usually my recommendation is to do, you know, a couple of different things at once to try and yeah. back things off because if you don't get them better, they just get worse.
0: Well, that's it. Like you were saying before, like, okay – the you know, adaptable might work 10% yep. and you know, a change in their environment might work 10%. Yep. But then by the time you've done a few things, you've made a 40% right. 50% difference. And, and they're
1: different. It's 10% here that you don't get from something else. So they you know those, those benefits stack up because yes. we're trying to get the total list of benefits above where anxiety level is. And if we do that, well, it should reduce. Yeah. Um, and supplement-wise um, – I mean, the Zilkin, in my opinion, is probably the most profound one that has effect. Um, there are other supplements mostly containing tryptophan, which is a precursor for your serotonin neurotransmitters. So um, if you flood the system with enough tryptophan, it seems to have like some anti-anxiety um, calming effect. Yeah. Um, B-group vitamins are in a lot of those same sort of supplements where um, if you've got a B-group vitamin deficiency um, – that seems to have more excitation or or more anxious behaviour if you've got a vitamin B deficiency. are there many pets with vitamin B B deficiencies, it'd be hard to tell. Um, It's not going to do any harm. Um, And a lot of those are tryptophan plus the vitamin Bs. Um, A lot have got multivitamins in there as well because a a healthy pet is um, more likely to be a happy pet. Yeah. Um, There are some that are like a more herbal base um, that have got, some chamomile and some vervain um, in there, which has a a, a long um, history of, like, a calming effect um, in in the herbal ranges. Yeah. So they – I think there's a place for them, my crazy old girls on those as well most of the time. Yeah. might, yeah. might
0: be good for the owners who are worried to have a cup of chamomile <laughs> have tea. A cup of chamomile will just be nice running. anyway. That's right. <laughs> just, just
1: chill out and have your dog there and just give them a pat.
0: That's
1: it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so supplement wise, that's sort of the main um, things as far is the tryptophan and vitamin B's um, and and herbal style supplements. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think there's really any contraindications for those. Um, again you know throw them in the mix and if it's just that five percent you get from that it, it's still probably beneficial if, yeah. you, if you've got a candidate
0: yeah that's yeah. it and then you know this kind of thing can make it easier to do those counter conditioning things like my friends of mine have a dog who um she's she's not necessarily storm phobic but she's getting there she yeah. doesn't like the wind yeah um and you know around sort of September in Queensland, we get some wicked southwesterly. So it's been increasing with that. Um, So, you know, but but they've caught on to it early, so they're doing, you know, nose work training and slow feeding and that kind of stuff with her to try to, you know, get her mind off that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. um,
0: And and onto something else. But if you're a bit past that, then they can maybe just help that to have a better effect. Is that kind of.
1: Absolutely. And it's just attacking it from as many fronts as possible.
0: Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's um. There's lots that people can can do to, to to prevent it and and you know to minimise it if it's already a problem. Yep. Yeah.
1: And I mean, if it is a you know, becoming a major problem, definitely veterinary intervention with um, anti-anxiety medications. Um, I mean, definitely help. You know, those those more severe candidates, and um, again, not delaying that too long yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, if you if you if you see and perceive your dog's having escalating problems, absolutely talk to your vet about okay what do you recommend um, I can do to help out? Because um, if you can have a short-term intervention that might include all the things that we've talked about but also um, some short-term medications that can help Reduce anxiety as well while um, you're implementing, you know, the training programs and and everything's um, getting in the system as far as the supplements and that sort of thing goes. If you need something to calm the pet down, either in the short term, there's, there is prescription medications that can do that. Yep. Um, we've sort of got two broad um, groups of medications that we prescribe to pets, and, and there's short-acting anti-anxiety medication dash tranquilizers that we use sometimes that you can give on an as-needed basis that work, you know, within thirty to 60 minutes of giving it and it lasts depending on the medication for like 4 to 8 hours and that can help to um, calm the pet in the short term Yeah, and some of those are suitable for long term use and some aren't Um, and there are longer acting anti-anxiety medications that are designed to you know, use for weeks and months at a time yep. to try and again change behaviours and, and just make life happier for the pet. Yeah, um, Most of those you've got to be on them for – a while, like up to a week for them to start to work. But um, a lot of the long-acting anti-anxiety meds, like it might be four to six weeks before you see a, a significant response to them. Yeah. But um, they're there for the long haul. Um, and if you can modify behaviours and everything else is working well, um, hopefully over time on discussion with your vet, you can start to taper off the, the longer-acting prescription medications, at yeah. least as a trial, to see is, yeah. is how are we going without those medications. Um yeah. Obviously, in consultation with your vet, um, some of those medications you need to taper off. You can't just stop cold turkey. Um, the zilkine, you can stop cold turkey. Yes. The short acting, usually benzodiazepines or trazodones that we use, you know, for a four to eight hour interval, you can just stop those and, and there's no ill effects. <laughs> the longer. Um, term anti anxiety medications, you definitely need to reduce your dosing over weeks to months if they've been on it for a couple of months um, to not have a, a rebound, um, you know, neurological problem where, yeah. you, where you bugger up their um, neurotransmitter pathways and it gets pretty messy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so obviously, yeah, prescription medications are from your vet. Yes. Um, and you would be given individual advice on the use of those, including stopping using them as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. But they can be
1: definitely, you know, significantly effective in controlling the, these more severe cases. Yeah. Um, and um, certainly... A lot of the time, by the time the vets see the patient, um, you've got multiple self-trauma and ripping toenails off and you know, being destructive and all that sort of thing. Um, potentially veterinary intervention earlier would have been beneficial as well.
0: This is the kind of thing that people can mention, you know, in your yearly checkup for a vaccination yeah, and stuff as well. Yeah. Like I say that quite a lot to, to customers because we're seeing, you know, we're talking to people when they're not going into a clinic and it's just something that, you know, it's like that's something that's worth mentioning to the yeah. vet. You're there anyway. It's you know that's a good time to go through all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and even if you as an owner don't see it as a perceive it as a problem, it, it could be a problem. And, and yeah, early intervention is always best.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Um, so, is there anything else w- with the storm phobia that you want to cover?
1: I think that's a fairly comprehensive rundown. Yeah, I mean, really, it's um, if you see signs early, there are stuff you can do to intervene, um, and a single. If you've got a problem already, doing one thing is probably not very likely to be successful, so yeah. it's usually a multimodal approach, both through um, attempting you know behavioral modification and making storms a happier thing for your pet yeah. um but also um you know using multiple interventions like Thundershirts plus. A supplement, um, plus or minus vet intervention, depending on how bad things are. And
0: persistence.
1: Um, and persistence as well, yeah, yeah, because it's, you know, and the stimulus isn't always the same. So, yeah. I mean, you know, storms got different intensities and, you know, what happened yesterday is still feeding into the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of variables there because every situation isn't the same. Yeah. Um, but um, it's it's not going to get better they usually get worse. There's not many two-year-old dogs afraid of storms. There's lots of five-, six-, and seven-year-old dogs that are afraid of storms. Um, But at some stage, that two-year-old wasn't afraid of storms and now the seven-year-old can't handle them at all, intervening somewhere in between there is going to be the most likely to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody stay safe this storm season and in the future. Um, hopefully this has helped to um, prepare you and your dog or dogs for the storm season and um, in managing any anxiety that they have around that. Um, and hopefully we won't um, have anything progressing to the point where brand new cars get damaged <laughs> and dogs and, get, and get hopefully hurt.
1: I, hopefully I do not see your little one on its own. At the clinic after yes. running around the neighbourhood.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Um, we sell um, a lot of these products on the website, not the prescription medication, um, but that you need to go and, and that needs to be given under your vet's supervision. Um, so we have all the supplements. We've got Thundershirts. We've got lots of enrichment. We've got treats for your storm parties. Um, so there's lots of different things um, that can help out there. So check that out. Um, check out our Help Centre. There's some useful information there. We also sell pet tags that you can – that we engrave, um, which could be handy. Yes. In the meantime, uh, we have crates. There's lots of things that um, you can use to help with that. So, yeah, yeah, check that all out. Um, And this is all just general advice. So for advice specific to you and your dog, have a chat to your vet. And thanks for watching and listening. Take care, guys. Thanks.